Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. something also new today that we have never done before in the four and a half, four years I've been here, is I get to take team with somebody I've never take team with before. And before she gets up here, she's never ever going to be one to to say any of this before, you know, in front of anybody because that's just who she is. But the person I'm going to call up is, I would say, um, easily um, the person who can do the most behind the scenes. Uh, she is always working. She's always doing stuff. Um, there have been nights I've driven past her at 8 o'clock at night and her van is still pulled in here. She is amazing with kids. She is the glue that keeps this place together and she has a message that I am excited to take team with her. And so I need another big favor. You see how loud I can get. I need us church to get loud for Bethany as she comes up and preaches a message. Thank you, church. And can I just say, it's so nice seeing all your smiles. (laughs) I was telling my dad last night, I was like, Dad, I'm real excited about tomorrow. He's like, why? And I was like, I'm going to wear lipstick. (laughs) Yep. It was a good day. It was a good day. I really wanted to go with something really bright, and then I decided against that. Because you know how it goes. It's always the day that you plan on wearing nice, bright lipstick that something disastrous is going to happen. So I wasn't quite there. But today, I get to talk to you guys about something that is uh, fairly passionate of mine. I get to talk to you about, we're going through this relationships series here in the, the bridge. And today, I get to talk about being single in the church. And I will promise you, this is not going to be like five steps and how to get a spouse or anything like that, because if that worked, I would have a spouse. (laughs) So obviously we know where that is. So I'm just really excited that you guys are here. And if you're here and you are single, like, thank you for coming to church with us today, because coming to church as a single person is a challenge. It is hard. It is really, really hard to come to a church all by yourself. Like, you can walk in, people are nice and they greet you, and then you sit somewhere all by yourself, and it's awkward. Then you leave church all by yourself, and it's awkward. So, if you're here and you're single, I hope that this is a place that it isn't quite as awkward that we as a church will just reach out, put our arm around you, and love on you. So, I just get to share my perspective on being single, and sometimes it's a struggle, sometimes it's not fun, but I want us to look at it in a little bit different light. I will tell you, as a church member, I have sat in a church service where a pastor started talking about being single, and you're like, yeah, he's going to talk about singleness today. And then he started out his sermon with, I remember when I was 17 and single. At which point, I mentally pretty much just checked out because I said, you're not really speaking to me, you're talking to the teenagers in the room. Um, So what does it look like as a 30-something-year-old who is single in the church? That's what I'm going to share with you guys tonight. And the thing is, you 
might be single for lots of different reasons. You may have gone through a divorce. You may be widowed. You may just haven't found the person. Or maybe you're just one of those people like you don't have a desire to be married. And that's fine. You just want to be single the rest of your life. And that is perfectly acceptable too. So I just want to talk to you about three heart questions. The first is, who rules your heart? That's a question that, the very first question that we need to know, where's our baseline? And we are all on a faith journey. Whether you are over here and this is the first time you've ever been to church and you don't know who Jesus is, you're on a journey to faith. Or you're over here and you go to church every Sunday and you read your Bible every day and you pray for hours. And that's great and that's wonderful. And you're on that faith journey too. But we need to make sure that our center and our focus is Jesus. Pastor Chris talks about it like a bicycle wheel. There is the the hub in the middle and everything goes out of that every aspect of your life your your job your kids your everything else goes out of that and if your hub is warped or is your it's broken or it's missing like your whole wheel is a complete disaster so we need to make sure that our hub and our focus is on Jesus and that's the best place to be I'm not quite as techie as as all of my friends are up here. I'm still on paper. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will hear. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of these things come out of a heart that is seeking God, that having good plans, all of those things. It is a reflection of us seeking God. Psalms 27.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I remember being in college, and my friends would like quote this to me, and they would be like, well, God's just going to give you the desires of your heart, and however it's going to be, like this man, and he's perfect, and blah, blah, blah. But you're missing the whole front end of the scripture that is way more important than the last half. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. That means your focus is on Jesus and nothing else. And that's how life is supposed to be. So if you are married, if you are in a relationship, all those things, these principles are still true because our focus needs to be on Jesus. Um, I just want to share with you guys a little bit of who I am and what my relationship with the Lord is like. I am... Generally speaking, I I like to think of it as like an intellectual lover of Jesus, um, which sounds really awkward, but I love history. I love, I know, I know the Bible. I know all those things, but sometimes it's hard for me to like emotionally connect with Jesus, which sounds really awful as a person who like does the things I do, but I love Jesus, but it is, it is far more intellectual than like this ooey gooey, like Jesus is my best friend and he's my boyfriend and like that. But that's not how my relationship with Jesus is. But this year, my relationship with Jesus has really changed. 
um, into more of that, like, ooey gooey, I love Jesus. And that's really been really wonderful for me. Um, and I'm going to share with you a few tips and tricks on, well, how that has happened for me. Um, the first thing that I did is the beginning of the year, I started listening to a podcast called Bible in the Year with Father Mike Schmiltz. Has anybody heard of this podcast out here? Oh, we got one in the back. I love it. They are walking through the Bible every day. Um, so by the end of the year, we'll have read the whole Bible. And it's a Catholic priest. And he just, like, his love and his passion for the Bible and for the Lord is amazing. And so, like, that, you know, like, it rubs off on you when you are around people who are excited. So every day having that, like, you know, between 20 and 25 minutes of, like, just somebody who's so passionate about Jesus and the Word, it rubs off on you. And you're like, oh, like, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear, you know, the passages that we're going to, you know, read today. And it's great. Um, And then for me, I don't know if any of you have, like, watched The Chosen. But if you haven't, you need to. Um, Because it is amazing. Like, I am not a super Christian movie fan. I think generally they're not done very well. But The Chosen is a whole other story. Um, It is the telling of Jesus and his ministry pretty much through the perspective of the disciples. And it's a multi-season TV show is how they classify themselves. And it is done very, very well. And it just, it grips you and it grabs you. And you are like, I want to read my Bible because I want to know what happens next. And so like as every episode comes, like it's emotional and it's beautiful. And it's like Jesus with, with skin on and it's amazing. And so for me, that has just like bloomed my relationship with, with Jesus as a person. And then there's this lady, her name is Annie F. Downs, and she has a podcast called um, That Sounds Fun. She challenged her like subscribers to start reading through the Gospels. And so her philosophy is reading through each of the Gospels each month. I am not quite there yet, but I'm usually, I've been getting through like two to three of the Gospels every month and just going it over and over and over again. So just seeing Jesus in his real life and who he is has just been so refreshing. So even though I still love the historical stuff, I still love the theology, I still love studying the Bible and digging deep, but I'm really, I'm just falling in love with Jesus, and that's that's a beautiful place for me. So, but I will tell you... I went to a Christian college, and it was like the magic formula that they would all talk about when it came to singleness. You just have to focus on Jesus, and you're going to get a man. That is not how it works. I'm just sharing that with you. As somebody who has been a Christian my whole life, I've spent the last 15 years, you know, in some form of ministry. I feel like um, my focus has been on Jesus, and I still haven't gotten a man. He hasn't magically fallen in my lap. So there is no magic pill for singleness. So please just know that. So it's just focusing on Jesus, embracing that he loves you, and going from there. So the second question that we have to ask ourselves and ask our heart is what is growing in your heart? Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The Bible shows us 
so many examples of people who they left their heart unchecked and bad things happened. You look at Adam and Eve. They left their hearts unchecked. They were like, oh, I'm going to go and sin. That's exciting. So then their kids, Cain and Abel, we got jealousy and murder. You know, we're four, four chapters into the Bible. And then you have Jacob and Esau. From the womb, those two were fighting with each other. You can't tell me that that's not a heart issue. Then Jacob goes and he marries Leah and Rachel. And those two are fighting it out. And they're like, I want to have kids. No, you want to have kids. And like all of this, they're just angry and bitter at each other. And it is like tearing the family apart. So then by the time you get to Jacob's sons, you have them like beating up their little brother, throwing him in a pit, and selling him as a slave. I just want to share with you. It's with that family tree. How did, how did we get, you know, to where we are now? It is a miracle. It is by Jesus, I tell you. So, but I think that jealousy as a single person is something that we really, really have to check ourselves on. Um, I was talking to Meg and Derek this week, and I was telling Meg, and I was like, hey, can I share this story on Sunday? And she's like, um, okay. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever told you this. When I first met Meg, what does the tattoo say? To the moon and back. If you know Meg, she's got a tattoo. It's really pretty. And so the first night that I met Meg, we had small groups with the girls at youth group. And I really wanted to throat punch her. (laughs) And kind of vomit in my mouth all at the same time. And it was straight up, it was jealousy. Because she was talking about, one of the girls asked her, what does your tattoo mean? And she was talking about how when she was in high school, she would write these love letters to her future husband, and that's what she would sign it. And I am like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Was it, am I single because I didn't write the letters? (laughs) Like, Can I go back and repeat that? (laughs) But it was jealousy. It was straight up jealousy in my heart that made me react like that. And I think that sometimes that is just what happens. Like jealousy just gets a root in our heart. And we're growing these things that we do not want. You don't want a heart that is full of jealousy and bitterness and anger. Those are not okay to have. And it is time for us to start clipping some and pruning some and removing those things from our lives. And I will tell you, I firmly believe that you don't need a list um, of like all these things that I want my spouse to be. I, you don't need to write letters about them. But in that moment, I felt like ugh, I am less than. I am not. I'm not enough. I didn't do all these things right. I didn't do all these things perfectly. There's something wrong with me, and that's not true. As a single person, like we are, it's totally normal. It's okay. It's a big percent of the population, and it's okay. But we need to check ourselves. So when jealousy is left to fester, it's you or me who it's going to suffer. 
So we just need to cut those things out of our lives, prune them and say, you know what, Jesus, I am giving this to you because I can't control it. So then we have to talk about our third question. So what is filling your heart? So once we have cut out those negative things, once we have embraced the fact that jealousy is not okay, um, we need to start growing something new in our lives. Um, So as a single person, we need to make sure that we are living our life how we want. Um... And no longer living in the waiting room of life. Because I think sometimes as a single person, we sit there and we say, well, uh, all of my life will be so much better when I get a spouse and we'll have all this stuff. No. Do the traveling. Pursue new hobbies. Like, have friends. Do the unexpected. And maybe for me, this is a big thing, maybe be less of a workaholic. Because <laughs> that's me. Because it's true, I do come here and sometimes I'm here real late. And I should probably be out and doing more fun things and less church things, but that's okay. Um, But the thing is, is we need to have fun. So in Philippians 4, it talks about, not that I'm speaking of being in need, but I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. See, contentment is great, but it's time to move on to joy. And that's what we need to do. That's what everybody needs to do. A little over a year ago, um, someone walked into my office at my day job and gave me one of those little Dove chocolate bar wrappers. And it said, book the flight. To this day, I do not know why he gave me this Dove wrapper, but he did. And so every day for the last year when I'm at work, I look at it because I have places that I want to go. I would really love to travel to Europe. That is obviously not happening now. Thank you, COVID. But eventually we're going to get there. And that's great. But this week, I made the decision, you know what? I am going on vacation. I have booked some things just to make sure that I am still living my life and not living in the waiting room of life. I think about in college, I had two really amazing professors, Professor Larson and Professor, or Dr. Dr. Larson and Dr. Baker. And these two ladies are such a great example of what living a really good, fulfilled single life looked like. They are amazing. Now they're both retired. They have traveled the world like together together and separate they were they've been missionaries they've been teachers all of these wonderful things i had the opportunity to go to china with them when they were teaching english and it was just amazing they just had fun they enjoyed life they did all these fun things you even now like it cracks me up on facebook they like go and they travel these places together they have so much fun they have like a monkey that they bring with like a stuffed monkey that they bring with them and it's so funny because it's like oh chuckles is with us today and we're doing this like because 
because they're having fun and they're not limiting their life by one situation of their life, one part of it. So as a single person, we don't need to feel less than or not enough, incomplete or so-and-so about our lives. Each of us needs to live our life today as God has created. So we need to remember to focus on Jesus, to get rid of jealousy and other things that are entangling our hearts, and finding joy in the moment. I'm going to pray for us, and then Derek's going to come and share a few things. But I'm just so thankful that you all listened to me, and I hope that it spoke to you too. Dear Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you can be our center and that you want good things for us. Jesus, we just love you and we just thank you for who you are and all the things that you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for reminding me, Bethany, that once again I have outkicked my punt coverage. As if I needed that reminder that I married way up. Um, I did not write letters in high school, just just to be clear. My wife did, um, because that's just how great she is. Um, in high school, I forgot to shower and went to school smelly. So that's how I set myself up for success. Uh, but Bethany, thank you so much uh, for sharing. Uh, I, I called Bethany this week, and I'm like, Bethany, because she, she's like, you know, I would love to share on this. And I'm like, please do, because uh, when it comes to singleness... Um, I kind of drank the Bible College Kool-Aid. I kind of went into Bible College assuming I'm just going to get an education, and I came out with a wife. And it was awesome. And uh, But I think what I, what I love about Bethany is, is she just speaks truth, and she lives what she preaches. And something that I thought she touched on at the very end that I just want to, to, to touch on and wrap up today is just the thing of value. Because I think when it comes to relationships in this day and age, we attach everything to value. You know, your relationship is healthy if you have these things. You know, you're, you're doing really well if you have X, Y, Z. And sometimes it can almost seem as if when you are single that you have less value. That, or if you've been divorced, you have less value. Or if you've had, if you've been widowed, you have less value. And the reality is that our value is the exact same because we're loved by God. And I think about this woman in 1910 who was born in Macedonia. Her, she had Albanian parents. We know very little about her early life, but what we do know is at the age of 12, she had this crazy encounter with God where she just felt called to love people. She felt called to do something with her life, to make a difference. And so at the age of 18, she left and she graduated and she went into some missionary training where she would go into the world. She went into Ireland, got training. And just a few months after that, she's barely 18, she feels called to go to India. So for, she goes to India, she starts loving on people, she, she's in this school where she gets to teach kids, and it's super great. But for 17 years, just outside of the gates where the school is, she sees the slums of Calcutta everywhere. For 17 years, she sees all these people who are living in poverty. She sees these people who are, are literally drinking garbage water, who are just living in the utmost and craziest circumstances. And for 17 years, her heart begins to break over these people. Till finally she said, you know what? I'm going to leave the comfort. I'm going to leave the confines of this school, and I'm going to go into the streets and help these people. 
So she started an open air school. She literally just grabbed her materials. She went into the into the street. She started teaching with the kids. And she started loving on people. This became such a, a big thing that the, the school started to become so, so big that she couldn't have it all. So she had to start her own organization to get resources, to get people, to get people there. And in 1950, that was started. And their mission statement was to love and care for those who nobody was prepared to look after. She made it her mission to go to the unloved, the uncared for, and the unseen. We now know her as someone who served in India for just shy of 70 years, and her name is Mother Teresa. She's arguably one of the most influential people that we've had on our planet. And here's what I want to say about Mother Teresa. She was a single woman. Can you tell me that as a single woman she had less value to those kids? That she had less value just because she didn't have a spouse? That she had less of a call of God on her life because she wasn't to somebody? We'd all say, of course, no. But then I'd have to flip it back on you and say, do you have less value because you've been divorced? Do you have less value because your spouse died? Do you have less value because you're married? No, because on the, and when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to God, we are all on equal level playing field. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, who also was a single man, by the way. He says this in verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking of how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. Let's read that again. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So many times we can say, God says this, and if you do this, then you're out of his will, and you're sinning, you're doing this. Paul's essentially saying, if you want to be married, be married. If you want to be single, be single. If you don't have a choice in the matter, that's a different story. If you have no choice in the matter of being married, then let's have a conversation. I love what he says. Whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I didn't grow up in church. In fact, church was the farthest thing from my radar when I was in high school and middle school. I grew up going to church on Christmas and Easter, and that was about it. Uh, my favorite part of going to church was we got brunch after. That was awesome. That was about the highlight of my church experience. And so I would sit in these churches, and they would talk about stories just like we're talking about, and I'm going, I have no idea where this story comes from, all these references that everyone else is laughing about. <laughs> No idea what's going on, you know? No idea what's going on. And I would sit through these sermons about how important marriage was and how great marriage was, and I thought, man, I can't be wait to be married someday. 
I remember looking back on that stage of my life and going, as a, as a young kid, I can't wait until I get to this point. I can't wait until I have a spouse. I can't wait until I have a family. I can't wait until I you know, have a full-time job. I can't wait until I do X, Y, Z. Forgetting that I had a place to play in my life at that point. Because can I just say, now having kids, being married, having a full-time job, I'm looking forward to when I can do this over here. And I've discovered in life, whether you're single, whether you're married, you have a role to play in this world. You have value in this world exactly as you are. And if you will just commit to that, if you will embrace that, your life will begin to change. You'll start to see how you can do something awesome. You can start to see how it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done, that you have value. Just like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. That person you lost through sickness, that divorce that you look at, as it just, it just it brings you down. And if you're going through marital problems, we see all of this stuff, all of this junk, and we just see it as it disqualifies us. It disqualifies us from what God wants us to do. It disqualifies us from His love. And the exact opposite is true. Because it says in Romans chapter 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purposes. As the church, as human beings, we need to start seeing people for who they really are. Not for who they vote for. Not for what they look like. Not for how much money they make. Not for what their relationship status looks like. They're people who have value. Who have purpose. Who God has called to do something awesome. I saw that happen on Wednesday. What happens when you say yes to God, whatever that looks like. I saw what happens when a young man in 8th grade feels called to raise $2,000 in three weeks by himself. I saw what happens when he says yes and takes a step of faith and does something awesome. I've seen what happens when God comes through in a powerful way and does it. In three weeks, I've seen what happens when you just say yes to whatever God is asking you to do right now. Some of you are in here in this place and you're thinking, you know what? Stuff has happened in my life. I'm not even sure what I believe. You're talking about Jesus. I'm not even sure where I'm at with Jesus right now. I'm here to tell you this morning that you have so much purpose and so much value that God created you exactly as you are and put you in this place and this time for a purpose because nobody else can do what he's called you to do. To my knowledge, there's only one Derek mom who's 26-year-old living in St. Francis at the Bridge Church. In 2021, which means God has given me specific things He wants me to do. Specific people He wants me to touch and reach and love on. Which means by me saying, no God, I'm not good enough. No God, I've done this. No God, this is what my life looks like. I'm telling God that He picked the wrong man. And God is perfect. God is all-knowing. So I'm pretty sure I'd lose that fight. 
if you are a single person in St. Francis, a single mom, if you're a married man, a married woman, if you're a widowed individual, if you're a person who has been trying to have kids and maybe you've been having troubles, if you're a person who has been struggling with mental health, if you're a person who's been struggling with XYZ, can I just tell you that your value is the exact same? That your value is the exact same as mine, which is the exact same as hers, which is the exact same as his. Our value is the same. Because God has called us, God loves us, and God is there for us. So no matter what happens, we can be content. What I think is so cool is Bethy and I prepared our messages separately, but our last verses are the exact same, which is, I think, cool. I think God wants us to really hone in on this because it says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all of this through him who gives me strength that means That whether life is going really great right now and you're saying, yes, praise God, life is awesome. Yes, or you're sitting here going, God, this is your last chance. I'm coming to church because I purely have no other options. I am at my wit's end. And God, if you want to do something, now you got to do it because I'm done. Very different circumstances from here to there. But I want you to notice that the response is the same. I can do it through Him who gives me strength. If you're on the mountaintop praising God, or if you're in the valley trying to figure out how to make it, I want to encourage you that we serve a God who can do the impossible. We serve a God who can bring you through that circumstance. He can heal that wound. He can restore that marriage. He can restore that thing that's broken in your life. The same God who split the Red Sea, who made Jesus walk on water, is the same God that's working in your life and mine right now. Which means that whether you're single, whether you're married, and everything in between, God cares about you exactly where you are. He desires for the best in your life. He desires for you to go and do the impossible if you will just say yes to Him. So I remember sitting in 13, 14 years old hearing a marriage sermon thinking this doesn't apply to me. And being in your shoes, some of you guys have been married for longer than I've been alive. It doesn't take much. <laughs> but it applies to you. Because there might be someone in your life who's single who needs that love and that encouragement. That you can do it. That you're valuable. Keep going. Invite them over to your house. Okay? Hook them up with people. I got Bethany's permission for that. <laughs> Our value as human beings is the same. Whether they make six figures or six cents, whether they vote left or right, whether they're single or married, whether they're tall or short, our value is the same. So this morning, if you're in that place and you just need that encouragement, we're here. We love you. God loves you. If you're in this place and you're on that mountaintop, 
I encourage you to praise God and start hiking down so you can pull someone out of the valley. Because people need people. That's why we exist at the bridge. It's to be there for each other. And if you ever need any help, if you ever need anything, you can text our church number. It's on our website. 763-753-2134. You can drop connect cards in there. We're happy to help. But you just pray with me this morning? Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Jesus, I thank you that you will give us a fresh start. I thank you that no matter what's happened in our life, whether it be good or bad, God, you desire to use it for something good. So God, for those in this room right now who walked in carrying the weight of the world right on their shoulders, I pray, God, that they could say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not even sure where I'm at with you. Maybe I I pray to you a lot, but God, I'm asking that you would take this. God, you are infinitely strong, infinitely knowing. Would you take this and make it new? May they just leave it here, God, safely in your arms. God, I pray for the person in here who's maybe newer to the faith, who's not sure what they believe. God, I pray that they would know and you'd meet them this week. you show them how special and loved they are and how purpose their life is. God, for the person, Lord, who's married, who's been married for a long time, I pray blessing on their marriage. I pray that, you'd, that you would continue just to give them just fresh passion, fresh love. God, you would restore. You would do all the awesome things. But God, for the person in here who's single, I pray these same exact things. I pray for that purpose. I pray for that value. I pray, God, that they would know just how special and loved that they are. That, God, they have a purpose to play exactly where they're at. So God, go with us this week as we get ready for just another week. Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you direct us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.